You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, tonight we're going to be continuing with our series of shirim on the healing waters of the Arizal. And I want to begin or pick up where we left off after last week's shir, which was we contextualize the Arizal within the historic unfolding of the Chamisha Yechide Hadoris of Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbeinu Ha'ari, the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, and Rabbi Nachman. And we stress that while these five singular tzaddikim represent new stages in the unfolding reality of Panimiyas HaTorah and Torah Intimatius, nevertheless, it does not mean that these are the only tzaddikim who are capable of offering insight into the Arizal. And it's Adar Abba, there are many, many, many tzaddikim who live within the universes of these and each and every one of them offers something singularly unique that the other tzaddik is incapable of revealing. And so when we focus on viewing the Arizal through the lens of the two further iterations of the Chamisha Yechid Hadoros, namely the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh and Rabbi Nachman, it does not mean that the only way to learn Kisvei HaArizal that even the proper way to learn Kisvei Arizal is to refract those teachings through the ideas, the world of the Baal Shem Tov or Rabbi Nachman. But what it means rather is that just as the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh and Rabbi Nachman offered us a newfound insight into the core of what it meant to be a Jewish individual trying to survive in this world, specifically the ability to transform the intellectualism of Torah study into the emotional experience of vulnerability to the extent that the Torah breaks one's heart and repairs one's heart, that vulnerability is what it means to learn the Torah through the lens of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh and Rabbi Nachman. As Rabbi Nachman himself stated, that basof kulam breslov, that in the end, everybody is going Going to be Breslov, I do not believe that that means that everybody is going to know or identify with the teachings of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. What it means is that each and every person is going to come to a place in their lives, in their spiritual lives, in their emotional lives, where the only way to survive, the only way to function is to allow and to ensure the Torah speak to the vulnerable heart of flesh that we have within ourselves. Breslov is osios lev basar. It means a heart of flesh. And what it means to learn the Torah HaKadosha through the lens of the tzaddikim amitim, like the Baal Shem Tov and Rabbi Nachman, means to learn the Torah as if it is answering up the fundamental antinomies and questions that rustle at the heart of my experience. 
when I am at my own most solitude, when I am most honest with myself and I feel the things that I need to feel, I feel the absence, I feel the lack that is motivating this undying desire to reach out towards something bigger than myself in this world. And instead of burying it, suppressing it or repressing it as we've done for so long, instead we allow ourselves to live with that experience of not having and to allow ourselves to be vulnerable with ourselves, with our loved ones and with the Rabbi Shlodim in terms of what we need the Torah to be doing for us. If it were not for the Torah, which was my plaything, as we're going to discuss shortly, I would have lost myself in absolute destitution. Meaning to say that the prerequisite of uncovering the playfulness of Torah and the Torah of playfulness, the ability to allow Torah to to give me a little bit more lightness in this world, to breathe deeper, to take things a little bit less seriously in my life, that is rooted and dependent upon the recognition of az avodatibioni, that once I feel that I'm going to lose myself in abstract and abject destitution, not abstract, abject destitution, only then does the Torah begin to speak to me as the language of Sha'ashuim. The Meshiloach Schusio teaches this as well when he speaks about he says that just as a person is searching after a lost object in their life when a person is searching after something that is lost the motivation and the intentionality in that search is that this is the thing that i need in order to satisfy the desire and the craving that i have at the core of myself there is a void there is a deficiency there is a symptom and something needs to come to fill it Meshivas nafesh, when I search after the Torah like an Aveda, like I need it desperately, urgently, then Pneumius HaTorah begins to speak to me. Then it's Meshivas nafesh. Then it restores my soul. And so what it means to learn the Torah of the Arizal through the lens of the Balshem Tov HaKadosh and Rabbi Nachman, it doesn't mean to exclusively learn it through those tzaddikim, because we need all of the other tzaddikim to give us pshat very often in what the Ari is saying. But it means to learn it vulnerably, to allow Panimiya Satora to saturate our inner experience to the point that it turns outwards and becomes the way that we view the world. In the Zohar HaKadosh and in the Ari, we're operating in a world of Tachazi. We're operating in a world of come and see. Meaning to say, there are those who want to claim that, that means I will grasp visual experience of Hasaga and grasp. That might be true for many people, but as I understand these ideas and as I utilize these ideas in my own experiences, Tachazi means that I need to come and see the Panemius HaTorah can shift the way I look at the world. It's not simply another way of thinking. It's not simply another way of being, and it's not another way of learning. It's a new way of viewing. When I learn Panemius HaTorah, when I attach myself to the Eitz HaChayim, every encounter, every experience that I have as it's Yoitzim and HaEinayim is going to be an entirely new world. And this comes to full fruition when we see that Rabbi Nachman, in a seemingly, God forbid, let's say, uh, a playful expression, so to speak, is in truth revealing a profound depth. He says that in truth, Eitz Chaim Kadisha is a safer Musr, that 
the Eitz Chaim and the writings of the Arizal as codified in the Eitz Chaim Kadisha are ultimately seen as a Sefer Musar. Now, to a Mekubal who views these ideas as being completely disrooted and detached from this world, operating in a transcendent space, so that's going to be seen as a callous statement and one that minimizes the value of Rabbeinu Ha'arizal. But when learned through the lens of the vulnerability of Rabbi Nachman and the vulnerability of the Bashem Tov HaKadosh, we can begin to understand the import of such a statement. That Avada, the Chiddush is, that Eitz Chaim is even a Sefer Musr. The Tachlis of Eitz Chaim, the Tachlis of learning the Arizal is to allow it to transform the way that I function in a day-to-day -day experience. By changing the way I think, changing the way I view reality, it gives me the ability to enter in to the Te'ima of the Eitz Chaim, to taste of the Chaim itself. The Meishiloach, like we just quoted, who spoke of Torah Sashem Tamima Meshivas Nafesh, that the fundamental prerequisite to allow the Torah to restore my soul is to search after it like a desperate man, a desperate individual who is seeking that which is distant from them. The Meishiloach, as it's brought down by his grandson, the Said Yisharim, Rav Gershon Henech, in his Sefer Techeles, he says as follows that he reports that on his bar mitzvah, on his bar mitzvah, that his grandfather, the Meishiloach, came over and helped him understand the deepest secrets, the deepest secrets of tefillin, and went through all of the kavanos of tefillin for him. And he says, the Meishiloach himself writes that before he went to Kutsk, he had summarized and memorized all of the Sifrei Kabbalah in his town. And the Meishiloach says, he points to a Gemara in Meseches Chagiga discussing Maisa Merkava, where it says as follows, that by Maisa Merkava, like any other chilek of Torah, by Pnimiyas HaTorah, there's a Yafe Malamed and a Yafe Makayim. There is someone who learns it properly and there is someone who is Makayim the Devarim properly, someone who actually lives out these ideas properly. And what the Meishi Loach points out and Rav Elia Weintraub also pointed it out, that what Yafe Makayim means in the Maisa Merkava is to apply it to my life to the degree that I become an individual that is transformed from a person who lives through the perspective of the Eitz Hadas and to enter into a perspective of the as we're going to see, the Eitz represents Pirud, it represents his Pardus and all sorts of expansion and details and particularization and fragmentation to the degree that it appears to be devoid of a centering agent. And the Eitz Kadisha, which is Be'emtsa Hagan, at that centermost point of the Gan, represents that singular point, the Evan Hashasiyah, that holds all things together. And we're going to see how the Eitz Kadisha has the ability, the writings of the Arizal has that ability to allow us to allow us to find all of the disparity, just like the Arizal saw it in Mitzrayim, and to transform it into a Nakuda Hapnimis of the Eitzchayim Kadisha. Now, when it comes to the Arizal, when it comes to the Arizal, I want to discuss just a little bit of the framework tonight of what it means to learn the Arizal. What does it mean that we're going to be studying the words of the Arizal? So first and foremost, we have the Arizal after leaving after leaving Mitzrayim, he arrives in Svas and he finally finds the Talmud that he's been looking for. He finally finds his Rahu, he finds Rav Chaim, 
Rav Chaim Vital Stusiogonalenu, where the Arizal said, I identify myself as Mashiach ben Yosef, but my Rav Chaim Vital, he's the Mashiach ben David. Rav Chaim Vital, as I heard just yesterday from Rav Moshe Shachlita, the Arizal wanted Rav Chaim Vital to be the tzaddik. The Arizal wanted Rav Chaim Vital to be the one who was Megala these teachings. The Arizal came and went. The Arizal came and was Megala in Yonim, but it's only Rav Chaim Vital who codifies the Inyanim, who draws down these teachings and allows them to express themselves in the full library, the textual library of what we have in Kisvei HaArizal, the Shemayin Sharm of the Arizal and Eitz Chaim Kadisha. Now, in terms of the historical process of the printing and the editing and the censorship and the various manuscript work of the writings of the Arizal, we have remarkable, remarkable svarim out there that go through each and every element of this process. And what becomes very clear, and Ravit Shemayar Shlita points this out very often, and the textual reality, the textual history of books coming into being, the manuscript history, the evolution of a text, so to speak, very often mirrors the very same content that the text is coming to convey. For example, the Rebbe asks all the time, why is it that there were so many different Mahaduros, different versions of the Sidure Harashash that were printed throughout the generations? Various descriptions, various changes in all of the various editions of these Sidurim. And what the Rebbe points out is that each and every Siddur in all of its changes and its similarity offer new elements of Yichud. Every shift, every change offers a new opportunity for revealing the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the teachings of the Tzadikim in a new way. So with regards to the textual history and the grand history of the writings of the Arizal, perhaps we'll have a shir dedicated to it. I'm not sure yet, but suffice it to say that what we have is the Shemayin Sha'arim of Rav Chaim Vital and the Eitz Chaim Kadisha. Now it's very important that the Arizal identified Rav Chaim Vital as the singular student through whom he would be transmitting his teachings. There were other students who wanted to learn. There were other students who did learn. There were other students like Rav Yosef Cairo who wanted to learn but were incapable of learning by the Arizal because of a neshama thing. But ultimately what we have is Rav Chaim Vital to the degree that the tzaddikim throughout the generation and the tamidim and the loimde Kabbalah Sa Arizal focused singularly and solely on the writings of Mahar on Rav Chaim Vital, which begins with the Tzimtzum and ends with a description of the Klipos as we're going to be discussing throughout the Shirim. Maharchu, the Rav Chaim Vital, gave us the full system of what we understand as the Arizal, as expressed in Oitzrez Chaim, in Eitz Chaim Kadisha, Pri Eitz Chaim, Shara Kavanos, Likutei Torah, Shar HaPsukim, Shar HaMitzvot, Shar Mamre Rashbi, Sefer Halikutim, all of the different Svarim, all of the Shar HaGilgulim, all of the different svarim that Maharchu gave us, that Rav Chaim Vital gave us. He was the singular student, and he was the student who gave us ultimately the Eitz Chaim Kadisha, the 50 gates, the Nun Shari Bina of the Eitz Chaim, which the Leshem Shom was able to say that Misha Loi Tam Tam Eitz Chaim Loi Tam Chaim Meyamav. So we have Rav Chaim Vital. And what we're going to discuss in a moment is another student who the Arizal also had, who the Rebbe Shlita has been spending a lot of time recently, especially in this new Sefer, Kisvei Mahari Sarug, who's one of the Tamidim of the Arizal, which historically speaking was not necessarily included within the authentic transmission of Kabbalah Sa'arizal, but nowadays it's incumbent upon us to be aware that Mahari Sarug was another Talmud Amiti of 
the Arizal. And when it comes to those who say that they're only studying the true writings of the Arizal, it includes not only the writings of Rav Chaim Vital, but it includes the writings of Mahari Sarag as well. It includes the teachings of Rav Yisrael Sarag. Now, before going into what Rav Chaim Vital gives us, I want to start first and foremost with Mahari Saruk, with Rav Yisrael Saruk. And the reason that we're going to start with Rav Yisrael Saruk in terms of the transmission and the unfolding of Kabbalah Sa'arizal is going to be based on something that the Leshem Shabov Achaloma teaches us. In the first Sefer of the Leshem Shabov Achaloma, Haktamusu Sha'arim, which we're going to discuss, and we're giving Shirim on as well on the side of these Shirim, is that Haktamusu Sha'arim was Saif Masad Moshav Atchila. The Arizal wrote, uh, the Leshem wrote four Svarim. He wrote Sefer Adeya, Sefer Aklolim, Sefer Abiyurim, and Yitzchayim Kadish, and Sefer Haktamu Susha'arim, which is the smallest Sefer meant to be an introductory Sefer that gives a taste of the entirety of the Eitzchayim, was the last written and the first published because what the Leshem felt was when people learn these teachings, they're going to come to find that they want to learn everything else. And it was a, a, a trick, so to speak, of the Leshem to get people in the door with the simplest Sefer and to make them realize that they can't live without these teachings. In the seven Sha'arim of in Sefer HaKadosh of Haktamus Sha'arim, what the Leshem gives us is a full overview of the writings of Rav Chaim Vital. The world of Rav Chaim Vital, starting from Or Ein Sof, before the Tzimtzum, then the Tzimtzum, then the Kav, then the world of Adam Kadmon, then the lights that come out of the world of Adam Kadmon, the Oizim, the Choytim, and the Peh, then the Shvira, then the Tikkun, then the Binyan HaPartzufim, then the Hamshacha from Atzilus and Tabiyah, all of the Zivugim, down to the point where we find ourselves. Those are the teachings of Chaim Vital. In the last part of Sefer Haktamus Sha'arim. It's no longer Haktama, but it's called the Shar. That's where the Leshem gives us Shar HaPoyna Kadim, which is a full overview of the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk. And what the Leshem writes there, profoundly powerful, utilizing again the textual history as a raya to the very content of the story or the ideas that we're going to be learning, is that history had it that the writings of Mahari Saruk, the writings of Rav Yisrael Saruk, were printed before the writings of Rav Chaim Vital and the reason that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did it this way is because the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk, the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk, Rav Yisrael Saruk, speaks of worlds that are in fact higher than the worlds that Rav Chaim Vital begins with. Rav Yisrael Saruk describes worlds that precede the Or Ein Sof. In Rav Chaim Vital's Kabbalah, we start off very simply with Or Ein Sof. There was an Or Ein Sof, an infinite light that saturated all space, and there was no possibility of anything and then HaKadosh Baruch Hu came along and it was Metzam same himself, allowed the Kav to come back down, and then we encounter the world of Adam Kadmon. Adam Kadmon, as we're going to see, is the highest of all worlds, and then we have the unfolding four worlds of Atzilis, Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya. Again, as we're going to see, it's important to keep in mind, as the Leshem writes in his Akdama, that when a person enters into a Panimiya Satoira, it's very important not to be overwhelmed by the phraseology, because it's impossible to learn a new language without first and foremost utilizing the language itself in in spite of the fact that we might not know exactly what those terms and conditions mean. And the Vleshem speaks and asks of his readers and anybody who's entering in to the study of Pneumia Satora to be patient like any other process of reading to be aware that we're not going to know what all of the phrases mean and Be'ezra Sashem will begin to understand as the communication and as the shirim continue. Rabbi Nossin also describes that he heard from Rabbi Nachman that the way to learn Yitzchayim is to learn through it and where you have a question put an asterisk, put a question and then read through it again and you'll realize that some of the questions go away and then there's going to be more questions and then you read through it again 
and there's less questions, there will always remain questions. But in the end of the day, a person does not need to hold cup and be clear on what each and everything means in order to begin the process of studying them. So Rav Chaim Vital sees the world of Adam Kadmon as the loftiest world. Comes along Mahari Saruk, comes along the Kabbalah of Rabbi Yisrael Saruk, which is codified primarily in Emekamelech, Shari Gan Eden, and the Svarim of the Ramami Panel. But the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk speaks of worlds above and beyond the worlds of Rav Chaim Vital. Rav Chaim Vital teaches that the Arizal taught him that there were five worlds, Adam Kadmon, Atzilis, Bri, Yitzir, and Asiya. And what is most fundamental to our understanding is that there is nothing higher than Adam Kadmon. We're told at the beginning of Eitz Chaim Kadisha, one cannot even speak about the interiority of Adam Kadmon Kavyachol, because at that point, we're already entering into the worlds of the Or Ein Sof, where language fails. And anybody who implies that there's any measurement or any practical limitation associated with these ideas is tantamount to kfira and tantamount to an idolatrous impulse at the heart of our attempt to come to understand what an invisible God actually means, what achin ata kil actually means. But comes along Mahari Saruk and all of the svarim that are littering our shelves, that are laying out on our shelves, and we see that immediately Mahari Saruk comes and says, no, there's a three worlds above the worlds of the Kabbalah of Rav Chaim Vital. There's the Oilam Amalbush, there's the world of the Avir Kadmon, and there's the world of Adam Kadmon Stima'a. Adam Kadmon Stima'a is the lowest world that Mahari Saruk implies. And suddenly we come in contact with a real discrepancy here. On the one hand, we know that the worlds of Rav Chaim Vital, the Kabbalah of Rav Chaim Vital is all that we have. All we have is the worlds of Adam Kadmon, Atzilas, Bria, That's the highest point, and everything down below is gradations of of development and graspability, but above the world of Adam and Kadmon, theoretically, is the Orain Sof. And then suddenly we see the Mahari Saruk comes along and reveals that in truth there's an Akstima'a, and then there's going to be an Avir Kadmon, and then there's going to be an Oilam Malbush, and we get thrown into a space where what we thought was the highest thing in the Kabbalah of Rav Chaim Vital, and what we were warned is the highest thing, and we were warned not to conceive of anything higher than that. Suddenly we see another system that's seemingly coming from the same place that seems to speak of worlds that are higher. And the Leshem says the reason that the Kabbalah of Rabbi Yisrael Saruk was printed before the Kabbalah of Rav Chaim Vital was because the worlds that Mahari Saruk was speaking about were worlds that preceded the worlds of Rav Chaim Vital. And just as the worlds of Mahari Saruk, the Olam Amalbush, the Avir Kadmoin, and the these three levels above and beyond everything we know in the writings of Rav Chaim Vital, that just as those worlds proceed or are higher than or interior to the worlds of Rav Chaim Vital, so too the writings of Mahari Saruk were published before the writings of Rav Chaim Vital. What the Rebbe is doing right now, especially with this new Sefer that's come out with Kisve Mahari Saruk, is utilizing all of the tzaddikim, all of the tzaddikim, whether it's from the camp of the Baal Shem Tov or the camp of the Vilna Gon, who have shown that these teachings of Mahari Saruk, even though there were many who wanted to claim that they were somehow, God forbid, not authentic writings of the Arizal and that we don't study them and that all we have is the writings of Rav Chaim Vital, what the Rebbe is showing based on the writings of the Svartik Mikubalim, on the Tamidim of the Gra, the Tamidim of the Baal Shem Tov, 
And again, singularly, the way that the Rebbe is drawing down this Torah in our generation is that these worlds that are higher than the worlds of Rav Chaim Vital, higher than what we can possibly thematize as the highest point imaginable, are simply the next level of the pre-existing system. What the Rebbe is pointing out is that we're not dealing with two systems here. We're not dealing with the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk and then the Kabbalah of Rav Chaim Vital as if they are two different things, but rather the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk is the Hakdama, is the worlds that precede the worlds of Rav Chaim Vital. Now, the reason Rav Chaim Vital is not speaking explicitly about these worlds as Rav Aaron Halevi Mesraselia brings in the Hakdama of Shari Yichad Vamuna in the name of his Rebbe, the Balatanya who was Mishabeyach Rav Chaim Vital for not bringing these worlds that are higher is because it demands a profound, delicate reading and the ability to abstract and abstract and abstract and abstract the ideas from their magushim form, from the natural all to human tendency to make something out of nothing, to try and make something real and tangible, while in truth, emuna is something that is about coming in contact with that which is not real and that which is intangible. And so the Balatanya says, when it comes to such lofty worlds, when it comes to speaking about gradations of measure within the infinite itself, because it's so difficult to ensure that one not fall into the traps of heresy by conceiving of these things as actual distinctions or limitations or concealments in the worlds of the infinite. So for that reason, Rav Chaim Vital chose to keep those worlds a secret, so to speak. It's not that he didn't believe in those worlds. It's not even that he didn't receive those worlds from the Arizal as Leshem points out. In fact, the Leshem points out in his commentary on Eitz Chaim, he points out in 12 to 15 different places how Rav Chaim Vital himself in Eitz Chaim Kadisha was hinting to the worlds of Mahari Saruk as well in different places, especially with regards to the Tzimtzum. But it's the art side of Rav Hil Paracher, and Rav Hil Paracher says something profound. He says, everything Rav Hil Paracher says is, is beyond profound. But in this Nakuda, the Rebbe quotes it all the time, it's Hashem Hashem Kel Rachum there's the Hashem Koidem Achet and there's the Hashem Achar Achet. There's the Hashem Koidem Habriya and the Shem Hashem Achar Habriya. The Shem Hashem Koidem Habriya represents the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk, those worlds of the Oilam Malbush, of the Avir Kadmoin and Adam Kadmoin Stima. And then the Havaya after the Briya Sa'oilam, the Havaya after the Chet Kavyachol, is going to be the five worlds of Rav Chaim Vital, which are the worlds that we're familiar with, which are Adam Kadmoin, Atsilis, Briya, Yitzira, and Asiya. The fundamental piece that connects all of this is the recognition that everything that we're going to conceive of in the worlds of the Arizal, when the Ariz seems to imply that something is the highest point, that's only the highest point in a relative position to what is below it. But in truth, with regards to what is above it, the highest point is also considered a lower point because one can never lay claim to having arrived at the highest point imaginable. The fullest and most fundamental truth of all things is that the only thing that is the only thing that is and absolutely rooted and anchored in itself is that's the highest point everything else is as relative and so relative to that which is lower I might see this level as the highest level but relative to that which is higher I'm going to see this level that I conceived of as the highest level as being simply a lower level in relationship to that which is above it Again, as we've utilized so often the metaphor
metaphor that, yes, while I sit in this room right now, the ceiling is the highest point, but when I look from the floor above me, that ceiling is transformed into a floor, revealing that there's infinite more gradations of worlds. That's one of the chidushim of Mahari Saruk. In addition, the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk teaches us a very different way of understanding Tzimtzum, very different than what Rav Chaim Vital gives us. For Rav Chaim Vital, as we're going to see, the Tzimtzum is an act of constriction, concealment, removal, so to speak. But for Mahari Sarug, it's much more about expression. The worlds of Mahari Sarug, the world of the Malbush, is the world of the Torah. It's the world that's rooted in the Osios. And the Osios emerge from a movement within the infinite itself, so to speak. Something referred to as a Sha'ashua, a bouncing back and forth, an inner playfulness that gives birth to movement. And movement always implies a splitting, because for something to move to a different place, it now has to operate in two different places. So once something moves out of itself and creates another possibility of itself, so now we have two points and the distance between those two points and the movement between one point to the other, which is the friction and the glura that motivates a desire to bridge the gap that has just opened up, this hitsnoitsis, this movement, this quantum energy that's moving in all of its intensity that's taking place Mineu Bay, Mamish, a movement within itself eventually gives birth to Nitsotos. It gives birth to sparks. It gives birth to what appears as black points, dots, tiny infinitesimal dots. And those infinitesimal dots eventually become rays, and those rays become the letters. The world of Maharisarug is the world of the Aleph base. It's the Torah of the Aleph base, where the Aleph base, as the Baltanya points out, and Sharichad Vamuna becomes the building block of all of reality. What it means more fundamentally to what we're going to be discussing, as we said, but applying it to our own therapeutic realities is that the inner movement and the intensification of self and that movement, that constant movement within myself always perpetually engaged in developing, always perpetually engaged in moving out of myself further, never resting, never actually in a state of non-movement as the self operates in a perpetual state of movement. This is what the Kabbalah of Maharisaruk expresses. It's the movement out of the self by way of friction that gives birth to expression and expression that gives birth to more expression and connection between disparate parts that create letters and letters that create words and words that create sentences, sentences that create paragraphs, paragraphs that create books and books that create the world. As Rav Tzadak HaKoyen Milblin writes that he heard in his youth that the world is a book and the Torah is a commentary on that book, that the Gans Metzias, the entire world, from the perspective of the Kabbalah of Mari Saruk is the emergence of the Oisius of the Aleph Beis, which become the Malbush, which become the garment of the Rabbi Nishlaylam, and that garment gets folded over itself, and that folding is what creates the first symptom that gives birth to the worlds of Rav Chaim Vital. So there's a Sefer Mamish coming out from the Rebbe's base Medrash, which is a compilation and a full basic encyclopedic description of the entire vision of the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk and the fundamental thing Alpidarcha Avoida as I personally understand them in my limited grasp, is that these things describe profound psychological states, and we can find our own inner experience when we're learning the words of Mahari Saruk, especially as Leshem Shobabachaloma describes it in Shara Poinakadim. So we have Mahari Saruk, we have the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk, which is the Oilam Malbush, the world of Avir Kadmon, and the world of Adam Kadmon Stima'a. Then 
after Adam Kadmoin's Tima'a, we enter into the worlds of Rav Chaim Vital. And in the world of Rav Chaim Vital, that world of Adam Kadmoin's Tima'a, in relationship to the unfolding worlds that will come down afterwards, is going to be seen as an Or Ein Sof, which is the Or Ein Sof that we speak about at the beginning of Eitz Chaim Kadisha, which then undergoes a Tzimtzum, and the Tzimtzum creates a void, and that void now receives a ray of infinite light that descends back down into the void. And that ray of infinite light congeals into the circles, into the with the Yosher inside, which is where Adam Kadmon takes place, which is where the worlds of Atsilas, Bri, Yitzir, and Asiya are going to be rooted, which brings us to where we find ourselves right now, which is Tachtes HaAsiya in the lowest imaginable place, in the Dir Batachtoinim. So that is first and foremost, what we have from the Ariza, we have the Trey Harim Hagadoidim, we have Hashem, Hashem, Kelracham Vachanan, the Hashem of the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk, the worlds of Olam HaMalbush, which are above and beyond the world of Adam Kadmoin, of the Rahu, of Rav Chaim Vital, and then we have the Havaya Achar Habriya, which is the five worlds of Adam Kadmoin, Atzilis Bri Yitzir Anasiya, which correspond to the five points of the Shem Havaya, the Kutzah Shalyud, the Yud, the Hey, the Vav, and the Hey, which represents Kesar, Chochma, Bina, Anpin, and Malchus, as we're going to see. And that's what we have from the Arizal, the writings of the Arizal. The Arizal, as we said last week, did not live to the year Shin Lamed Hay, which was the year of expectancy for Mashiach, and he was unable to complete his mission, so to speak. And we said that the Arizal told his Talmidim that if you're Zoyche, I am going to return to you. The Arizal has a Hamshacha. There is a hamshacha, there is a gespanka, there is a stamp, a closing to the system of the Ariza that takes place in future generations prior to the concept of the interpretation of the Arizal. There were certain Sadiqim who were really the final expression and fully giving us the Arizal system. First and foremost, as the Kafachayim says, was the Rashash, Rav Shalom Sharabi. Rav Shalom Sharabi is not Mechadesh Aki Huzeh. Rav Shalom Sharabi draws only and directly from the writings of the Arizal, both the writings of Rav Chaim Vital and, as the Rebbe Shlita has pointed out, and Rav Shmuel Shlita has pointed out in the Maimar Hashem Melech Geus Lavesh that the Rashash and his Talmidim were also drawing from the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk as well, which is very important because the Rashash writes in a letter to Chochmei Ma'arav in the Hakdama to Sanar that he was forced once upon a time to look at the writings other than the writings of the Arizal as brought down in the Talmidim, and he tore Kriya, or almost tore Kriya, as a result of what he saw in there. And there were those historically, God forbid, Chatz V'Shalom wanted to claim that this was with regards to the writings of Mahari Saruk. But what's clear as day from the writings of the Rebbe Shlita is that the Rashash was Oisek in the Kabbalah and the Talmidim of the Rashash and was Oisek in the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk. The Rashash with his Rechoyva Sanahar, which is an eight folio page introduction, which the Rebbe has put out numerous commentaries on, is a, a three-dimensional application of the Arizal. It is a continuity of the Arizal and it is a framing of the Arizal in a way that one cannot grasp from the Eitz Chaim itself, but the Rashash is not revealing anything other than what the Eitz Chaim Kadisha is saying. Heaven forbid to assume that the Rashash was coming along to be Mechadesh anything. He was being Megala something that was always present. The Rashash comes along and takes the two-dimensional system of the Arizal and transforms it into a three-dimensional system. After the Rashash, 
we have the Torah Chacham. The Torah Chacham, Rav Chaim de la Rosa, who we hinted to last week, is the Tamun Mufak of the Rashash, who comes along and takes the writings of his Rebbe, the Rashash, and applies them to an even further degree, giving us the tools necessary to properly mine the writings of the Arizal. Some of the tools, and these are things that we're going to be discussing at length, Bezra Sashem, that the Torah Chacham and the Rashash give us in order to properly understand the writings of the Arizal is first and foremost what the Rashash introduces is that the Arizal conveyed his system and the unfolding system of worlds of higher and then the next and then the next and then the next from higher to lower in a level of Eirich in a linear hierarchical way almost a two-dimensional perspective of above and below what the Rashash comes along to reveal is a three-dimensional perspective which is referred to as Oivi instead of seeing things in a hierarchical form we could begin to re read the system of the Arizal as a nested system, almost like Russian nesting dolls, where each and every level is the sum total of everything that the other level is saying, except each level is more interior or more exterior. We're no longer talking about predations of above and below, upper, middle, and lower. Now we're talking about inner, middle, and outer. We're talking about concentric building blocks, like a jawbreaker deal, that layer themselves upon each other, which shifts everything. Because in the perspective of the Arizal, in the linear hierarchical perspective of Oyer which is above, middle, and below. So above is higher, middle is a little bit lower, and then lower is lower. And as you go down the number line, so too does the degradation of value go down to the to the point that what is lower has no access to that which is higher. And so psychologically speaking, a person who feels themselves to be on the lower level is never going to conceive of themselves as being capable of reaching the higher levels, which is the birthplace of kina, taiva, and kavod, all of the things that take a person out of their world. What the Shash does and what the what the Taurus Chacham brings down even further is that no, that's one perspective. But from another perspective, from the Das Elyon perspective of Oivi, in truth, each and every level contains all possible levels. It's a fractalization of the system. It's a holographic perspective as Rav Moshe Shachlita utilizes those metaphors from quantum to help us understand what the Rashash is trying to do. What the Rashash is doing is he's revealing that no, in truth, from the depth perspective, of inner, middle, and outer, rather than upper, middle, and lower, which is the hierarchical perspective of the Kabbalah of the Arizal as it came down to us through of Chaim Vital without the tools and the technologies of the Rashash, what the Ovi perspective does, what the depth perspective, the three-dimensional perspective does for us is it reveals that every level contains all of the levels. Each and every level, each and every level contains an Akan and Nabiya, Adam Kadmu Natsilas Briyitzir and Asiya. The only distinction is going to be the proximity or the distance from the Kav or Ein Sof that is the centralmost pillar of all things. So what the Rashash does, Rashash is Osio Shoyrash because it reveals to us the Kesser of it all. It reveals that every person no matter where they find themselves, no matter what level you find yourself on, you have a full access to every possible iteration. And furthermore, each world is a self-contained whole unit, which means to say that what is existent in one world has absolutely nothing to do with the other world, because in truth, each one is its own self-contained system. From this perspective, Kina, Taiva, and Kavod are theoretically non-existent because what value is there looking at anybody else's levels? I have all the levels in front of me. As the Rebbe Shlita pointed out, the Rebbe Rashab asks a question. The Rebbe Rashab asks, how can my great-grandfather, how could the Balatani have said that 
the Baal Shem Tov was to operate on a level of Keser, Elyon, Vechule, Vechule, if we know from the Arizal himself that the Ari was only able to access a level of Zeranpin Diyatsira, a lower level. And the Rebbe Shlita points out, and he asks the question, he says, wait a second, first, the Kasha on the Rebbe Rashab is, why are you possibly comparing one individual's experience to another? Each and every person in their own perspective of Ovi has every level imaginable. So what one person reaches in their own world is going to be different than what another person reaches in their world, and each and every person is their own existence, to the degree that we can now understand, Kina, Taiva, and Kavod are moitzi adam min ha'olam. What does it mean they take a person out of the world? They take a person out of their own innermost world, because looking at other people's levels is missing the point that I have all of those levels inside of me. So they quite literally take me out of my own innermost world where I have everything unfolded. That's the first tool. That's the first technology, the giloy that the Rashash gives us. The next one is one that the Rashash gives us, which is rooted obviously in the Ari, but the Tairus Chacham, gives us more than anything, which is the Klal Ha'erchen, which is the relativity perspective, which is what the Rashash says is that there's no shinoi between one world to the next. The only distinction in things is the relative orientation and the perspectivism from where I am looking at it. Meaning to say, each and every thing can be seen, each and every world, each and every Matthias that has these five layers to it, the Adam Kadmon, Atzilas, Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya, Keser, Chachma, Bina, Zeranpin, and Malchus, right? The Kutsa Shal Yud, the Yud, the He, the Vav, and the He. All of the different things that align with those five breakdown principles what the Torah's Chacham shows us, based on the Rashash, is that a person can always see something as operating from three particular perspectives. One is the perspective of me within myself, disconnected from that which is above, and disconnected from that which is below. When seen in isolation, each and every world is Shalem Bechol Shlemos. It has a Gar, it has a Keser, Chachma and Abina, it has a Zat, it has a Chesed, Gvura, Tafaris, Netzachoid, and Yesoid, and it is both whole and broken at once whole in the sense that I'm operating in a perspective of Kesser, Chachma, and Bina, which we're going to discuss, and broken in the perspective that I'm operating from the perspective of the shattered vessels of Chesed, Gvurat, Tferes, Netzach, Yisad, and Malchus. So vis-a-vis -vis itself, each thing can be seen as being broken and whole at once. The secret of what Rav Avram Abulafia Schusio Ganelenu wrote, which is the secret of Chatsi and Shalem, to be Chatsi and Shalem at once, to be whole and half at once, to include the halfness within the wholeness and the wholeness within the halfness. That's vis-a-vis -vis the perspective of the thing itself. It's both broken and whole at once. The next perspective is how I view myself in relationship to the things that are lower than me. From the perspective of things that are lower than me, I am seen as something that is fully whole. I am only going to be seen as a keser, chachma, and abina, as a gar, as something that is whole without any deficiency. Ah, the deficiency still exists latently within the thing because each thing contains everything. From a relative perspective of that which is lower, I can see myself as higher. And then the third perspective is going to be vis-a-vis -vis that which is higher than me. That just as from the perspective of that which is lower than me, I identify as the wholeness of the Keser, Chachma, and Bina, as the Gar, so too with regards to the perspective of that which is above me, I have to see myself only as a Vak, as a Chesed, Gvurat, Teferas, Netzach, as something that is missing. Again, these are ideas that we're going to be discussing at length when we get to the Sugya of Shvira and Trauma. But suffice it to say, 
say that what the Tyrus Chacham does for us, based on the uh, uh, based on the Rashash, based on the Arizal, is everything can now be seen and it's relative perspectivism, which means, and again, with all the prerequisite laws of fundamentally applying this idea properly, it's not something that a person can, God forbid, come and do. It demands a mafteach of the Torah's chacham. It demands a tzaddik like the, the bala Torah's chacham, like the, like the Rebbe Shlita, like the tzaddikim amitim, to understand properly, to apply these ideas. Just like Moshe Rabbeinu was only able to apply Shava and nobody could do it, midaisam, so too a person can't come and misuse this klal of erchin and claim that the entire system of the Arizal is some postmodern system, God forbid, devoid of any anchoring truth. There's a fundamental truth. There's a fundamental anchor of truth. But the Klal of Erchen expands and multiplies the system of the Arizal to untold degrees because each and every sugya, each and every shar can now be seen in all of these different perspectives. But again, the framework of Erchen is that I have to view every situation in one of three ways. Vis-a-vis myself, I'm broken and whole at once. Vis-a-vis that which is below me, I am whole without any element of brokenness, and vis-a-vis that which is above me, I am devoid without any perspective of wholeness. That is the Taras Chacham. Now, what the Rashash and the Taras Chacham do is they give us more of the Arizal than would have been capable of finding within the Arizal himself. I personally believe as well that the Leshem Shabbat is also a Hamshacha of the Arizal. As Leshem writes, his entire process is coming to be Mazbir, the Torah of the Arizal. And we see this in Drushe Oilam HaTohu, in Sefer Hadeya, in Sefer HaKlalim, where he takes the Shar HaAkudim and applies it to the entire system. In Shar HaBiurim, which is a commentary on Eitz Chaim, as well as Haktamus Sha'arim, the, the Leshem is like the lumdis of Kabbalah. He is looking at the system of the Arizal, utilizing the tools of the Rashash and the Torah Chacham explicitly, in spite of the fact that he was an Ashkenazi Mukubal who identified as a Hamshacha of the Derech of the Vilna Gon, as we're going to see. Nevertheless, he developed and rooted himself deeply in the teachings of the Rashash and the Torah Chacham. And the Leshem offers us a little bit more of what the Arizal is saying. He demands us to look at the system as one that has an inner coherence and an inner systematicity to it, that things must make sense. And therefore, if we see a stira here, it has to be understood in the context. And very often, the Svar and the the ways that the Leshem Shabbat uncovers the Yishav HaDavarim is going to be similar to the Lamdis that we see applied to Shas as well. In addition, and I can't speak about this from knowledge, but those who have learned the Kabbalah of the Baal HaSulam, of Yehudaleb Ashlag, something that is a fundamental conversation, but Kadosh, Kadosh Yamrulo, the Balhasulam Sluciaganalenu was one of the most fundamental expressions of Panimia Satoira in history. He saw himself as an Ibor Neshama of the Arizal, and he pushed forward in expressing the teachings of the Arizal. Now, Talmud Esrasviros and those writings of the Arizal and the Balasulam, again, I can speak towards the Hasidus of the Balasulam, but when it comes to the Kabbalah of the Balasulam, it was rooted in writings of the Ramchal. It was rooted in the writings of other Mikubalim. But suffice it to say that the Balhasulam was also a Hamshacha of the Ari himself. And so what we have is we have the Arizal who has Mahari Saruk, Rav Chaim Vital, and then the further iterations of the Ari are going to be the Rashash, the Tarizchachum, the Leshem, and the Balhasulam. Then what we come to, and we've discussed this in the past, is the stages of the interpretation of 
of the Ari, the way of understanding the nature of the Arizal. And the way that the Tzaddikim look at this is that Nahar Yoitzimi Eden, there is a river that flows forth from Gan Eden, and as the Pasuk says, and it breaks down into four, four paths. And so, first and foremost, before we go into these four paths, what we have to be aware of is that the exit from Gan Eden, the distance away from the Eitzchayim Kadisha is a pirud. It's yispardu. There's a hispardus, there's a fragmentation, and what appears to be a separation and a splintering. The chiddish of the four roishim, the four naharos that come out of the Eitzchayim, and all of the interpretations of the Arizal, is that in the end of the day, all of them are coming back to the very same place. I saw earlier from Rapilla Paracher in his writings on Sefer Vayikra that the tikkun to the period of the Arba Naharos is the giloi of the yam, is the giloi of the yam, which the, the Gra points out in his Bior on Tikkun Ezoar, Tikkun Chaf Aleph, is that Kimayim Liyam Mechasim, the yam represents concealment, but the giloi of the yam, Kriyas Yamsuf, the breaking free of that concealment and being Megala the Yavasha Besoich yam is the secret of drawing down clarity into Sisrei Torah. The yam represents that which is concealed, the Nuneyama, the fish of the sea, Rav Nunasaba, all of the tzaddikim that are like the Levyasan, as the Balatanya points out, who remain hidden. All of that is concealed. They're concealed underneath the water, under the healing waters. But there's a giloi that's going to take place, soif yamim, in Ikvasa the Meshicha, where there's going to be a hisgalis of the Avasha Besoichayam, where the giloi of Kabbalah is going to be so clear that it's going to be more difficult to not understand than it is to understand. And we see this being Mekuyim in our generation, as we spoke about last week, and we're going to speak about tonight as well. But the beginning of this process, of this hisgalis, Galus of the Yam, of the Arizal, is going to be through these Arberoishim, these four rivers that flow forth from Gan Eden. And while all of these rivers seem to deviate in one direction or another, ultimately they're going to be Neskala to have all been leading back to the Yam. The Yam HaChachma, the Sea of Wisdom, that space where all of the Torah is collected once again to be Megala, the Torah of Mashiach, is the place where all of the different drachim of understanding the Arizal are going to be revealed to be part and parcel of a singular giloi, like the Chochmah of the Partsif, as we're going to be discussing in next week's shir, the Chochmah of the Partsif, like we said in last week's shir, with regards to the Shita Mikubetzas, is a collecting of disparate elements and revealing how all of these fragmented pieces, not only do they not deviate away from unity, but they reveal a deeper level of unity than would have been revealed without that original disintegration. Now, these four Naharos, these four rivers which flow forth, and right now I'm going to go against something that I said a moment ago with regards to the Rashash being seen as a Hamshacha of the Ariza, because now we're going to look at the Rashash as a direct of interpretation of the Arizal, but the way we can kind of align this stira is the fact that every mamutza, every every connecting element, every bridge is a connection between one destination and another destination. And the only way that it has the capacity to connect is that it is a shaykhist to both stadim. And the rashash, as one of the first giluyim and a fundamental gilui of the ari, so it's a hamshacha of the ari, and it can also be considered as the birthplace of the interpretation of the ari, as we see that the rashash had a base medrash that gives birth to many bate midrashim. The derech and the kabbalah of the rashashes were going to to see is its own base medrash. Now these four rivers, these four rivers that flow forth from Eden, 
that flow forth from the Gan Eden are going to represent the pardes of Sisrei Torah. The Ari points this out in Sharmamri Rashbi in his commentary on Mesechus Avos that pardes, Pshat Remez Drash Sod, doesn't just mean that there are four levels of understanding Torah, but that there are four levels of Torah, and each one of those levels of Torah has its own pardes, which means that pshat has four ways of being understood, whether it's the pardes of pshat, there's a pardes of remez, there's a pardes of drash, and there's a pardes of sod. And these four rivers that flow forth from Gan Eden, apparently seeming as a period away from the Yitzchayim, but ultimately real ultimately revealing the yichud that comes about, as Rabbi Nachman said, from the Heichal HaGavanim HaMishtanim, it's the Achdos HaKolelas, that's Neskala Misoich Riboy HaPulos, and the Pulos HaMishtanos, it's the unified light that emerges out of the chamber of changes, which elevates and magnifies and intensifies the secret of unity, because it could also be found in disparity and disunity, that these four Roishim represent the Pardes of Sod. Sod is the Arizal, Sod is the Ari, and what we have is the Pardes of Sod. This Pardes of Sod, the Pshat Remez, Drash, and Sod of Sod is going to be broken down as follows. And again, this is obviously a biased way of looking at it because I'm biased in viewing things through the lens of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh and through the lens of the Nachal Noveyam Chachma, Rabbi Nachman Ben Fega, and his living Tamidim. And so this breakdown is going to be in accordance with my own humble understanding, but obviously it is not the only way to understand it. There are many ways, depending on the Sharish HaNeshama, depending on the way a person is Mesiaches to their Rebbeim and how they learn Pnimiya Satora. But suffice it to say, the way that it becomes most practical on a psychological level is, in my humble opinion, the way we're going to break it down as well. The Pshat of the Arizal is going to be the Rashash. Rav Shalom Sharabi, who took the words of the Arizal so profoundly seriously that he wanted to understand Oime Kapshat. The Oime Kapshat is identifying what the words themselves are saying. It happens to be that the Pshat is also Mukusha with the Sod as the Vilnagon. It's brought down in the name of the Vilnagon by Rav Menachem and of Shklov in his to but the pshat is is pashut. It's the simplest, but also the clearest and most refined mupshat way, abstract way of understanding. The rashash represents the beginning of the way that we understand the arizal. Now, this river of the rashash, that is yoitze megan eden, gives birth to other rivers that flow forth from it, which is the Kabbalah of the Rashash and the Svardic approach to Kabbalah, which Bedera Klal takes on the same shape. We have the Rashash, we have the Taras Chacham, we had the Shemin Zayezah who argued with the Rashash in various places, we had the Shemin Sason who serves as a compilation of all of the Torah of the Ariza, we have the Efa Shlema, we have the Bnei Aharon, we have so many different ways, we have the Bnei Shchai, we have the Kafachayim, the different Tamil Midim, the Karim Shlomo, the Karim Shlomo, and many, many other, many other Svarim that I'm not being Mazki right now, but the Tamidim of the Rashash who open up into the Derech of the Kabbalah of the Rashash. Again, ideas that are going to be fundamental to our understanding of trying to apply the Sugyos of the Arizal into our own lived experience. That is the Pshat of the Arizal. That is the Rashash. 
And what we're understanding in our generation is that the Rashash is a fundamental tool, a fundamental tool in properly understanding the Kabbalah of the Arizal, primarily because of what we explained before, that the Rashash teaches us that you have never reached the end. Everything that the Arizal says is simply one level, and then you have infinite gradations of levels. And once we've completed all levels, that's simply the completion of the big level that contained within itself all the small levels, and then we're going to open up onto infinite gradations of levels, because the deepest truth, no matter who we are, no matter who's speaking, no matter what a person is learning, is the Rabbi Shalom's unity is perpetually higher and transcendent to the human capacity of grasp, which which means that no matter what we think we've arrived at, there's always unfolding infinite levels of growth. Alios in kates, akva abia in kates, nocha akva abia, nocha akva abia. As I was zocha to hear from the Rebbe at Shalashudas two weeks ago, the Rebbe was screaming, nocha akva abia, nocha akva abia, another akva abia, another akva abia, another system of worlds, another point of worlds. Alios in kates. That's what the Rashash gives us access to. And the Rashash and that base medrash focused primarily on the application of the Kabbalah of the Arizal, after learning it then learning through the Kabbanos themselves, and then taking the Kabbanos seriously enough to visualize them in the Sidurei HaRashash that are a full expression and we're seeing more and more in our generation of people who are oimed on this or davening with the Kabbanos or looking at the Siddur, seeing the Shem Havaya, seeing Shem Ekes spelled out in front of them which is a profoundly refining and halig thing that a person can do specifically in this generation. After the Rashash, what we have is the Pshat, and then we have the Remez. The Remez of the Arizal is going to be expressed in the Kabbalah of the Vilnagon, the second river that flows forth from Gan Eden. The Vilnagon spends in his Svarim on Kabbalah, in his parish on Safraditz Nius, and his parish on the Idros, which are compiled, in his parish on Tkune Zohar, in his parish on the Zohar, and his Ya'el Or, in the Likute Hagra, in the writings on the Hechalos, in the writings on the Oisios, the Kabbalah of the Gra is second to none. The Kabbalah of the Gra is Yoyred Ad Oimek Hasoid into the most hidden places, into those places that are covered over by klipa, covered over by concealment, hidden deliberately because the Torah of Soid and the Torah of Remez and Agarita is found in Golis, as Leshem Shavu points out. The Gra took the Arizal fundamentally seriously. And anytime we see that the Gra seems to argue with the Arizal, which takes place in various places, the Leshem Shavu of Yitzhak Isaac Haver, of Menachem Mendel Mishklov, the Talmidim of the Gra, have already pointed out that it's not a machloikas, but rather utilizing tools of the Rashash, it's a relative positioning of things. But the Vilna Gon gives us a Kabbalah that is utilizing Remez, Gematria, Roshe Tevos. Not that it's trying to give Gematrios Bederech Rapshitz or Bederech, the, the Hasidish Asfarim that are rooted in the Mahalach of Cheshbon in Gematria, but rather the Gematria are the Simonim, that they're Ramazim that open up for us storehouses. Remez is Re'emazes, see what this is, look inside of it, Tachazi, come and look. The Vilna Gon, his sons refer to his writings as Koychavim. And the Tamidim, Rav Chaim Velazhener, points out, why is it called a Koychav? Because a Koychav appears to be small and minimal. But when we come closer to it and closer to it and closer to it to properly understand what a Koychav is, we realize how vast it is and how large it is. The Gra is a Miyatamachzik Esamaruba, speaking about secrets of redemption, Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, Eliwa Anavi, the Raya Mehemna, speaking about the secrets of Matat and the worlds of Bri, Yitzir and Asiya, 
transformative fundamental teachings. That's the second river that comes forth from Gan Eden. He also, like the other tzaddikim, had tamidim. The gra had tamidim who saw him face to face, and they were the ones who were zeicha to learn Kabbalah begiloi. And the tamidim of the gra who didn't see him face to face did not seem to attach themselves as much to the mahalach of the Kabbalah of the gra. The tamidim of the gra were of Chaim Velazhin, who gave us the Nefesh Chaim, one of the most fundamental Kabbalistic texts available to us, a profound coherence and full, utter grasp of the writings of the Arizal as well as the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk. We have Rav Menachem Mendel of Shklov, who wrote Mayim Adirim, a parish on the Idrizuta, Raza Dmeim Nusa. He wrote what we have in the compilation of Kisvei, Rav Menachem Mendel of Shklov, profound, profound Ramazim Gematrios Cheshbon that are Yoyred Ad Oymek Hayesoid. Then we have the Talmud Mufak of Rav Menachem Mendel of Shklov, Rav Yitzhak Isaac Haver, who gives us Pischei Sha'arim, one of the most fundamental introductory svarim to entering into the Eitzchayim Kadisha, gives us the base Oilamim on the Idri Rabbah, gives us Perushim on the writings of the girl, gives us more and more Afikeyam, all of the writings. Then we have the Talmud of Rav Yitzchak Isaac Haver, Rav Yitzchak Kellner, Rav Yitzchak Kahana, who was the Todos Yitzchak, who was part of the Yeshuv, who came to Eretz Yisrael in the Mahalach of the Gra, being a Giloy of Mashiach ben Yosef, as we'll come to understand by Ezra Sashem when one day we give Shirim on the Gra and his Talmidim. And then we have the, the Perevi, who comes along many generations later, which is Leshem Shabbat And in our generation, we had Rav Elia Weintraub, who also offered us a new way of understanding the Kabbalah of the Again, in our generation, more and more and more writings are coming out. There are so many Pirushim now on the Pirur Hagra on Safaditz Niusa that it's almost an open book. It's almost an open book. It demands reading, it demands paying attention, it demands being humble with the text, but it's an open book. Something that was closed off years ago is now open in front of us. The beer on the Tikkun Zohar. There's two volumes that just came out. There's more and more Birim coming out on all of the writings of the Gra. And what I heard what I read in the name of the Rebbe, in the name of Rebbe Kiva Erlinger, who's Mamish, the Talmud of the Rebbe, whose father was the Birchas Avram, so it's the, the Hanhaga and the Shirish of the, the Misnagdic approach, Lahavdiel, to Kabbalah, can show everything through through the Gra itself, that the last frontier of the writings of the Gra is the writings of Rav Menachem and the Lushklov, which are the hardest, most complex, and the most rooted in Geula Be'ezer Sashem. After the Vilna Gon, we have Rabbeinu Haramchal, Rav Moshe Chaim Litzato, who represents the drash of understanding the Arizal. Now, the Ramchal, obviously, and this is fundamental to understand, we've spoken numerous times how the Leshem Shoi took issue with some people who learned too much Ramchal and interpreted in the Ramchal what even the Ramchal himself did not imply. The Leshem did not have a Hisnagdus against the Ramchal. The Leshem published the writings of the Ramchal. The Leshem makes very clear to those he's arguing with that my issue is not with the Ramchal, my issue is with people who are misinterpreting the Ramchal. And it's very important to bear in mind the Ramchal, Rav Moshe Chaim Litzato, Shlita Mashiach Hashem, Mamish Atzadik Shein Kamohu, Atzadik, who the Nazir Hakadosh says in the name of his Rebbe, Rav Avram Mitzvah Kohen Kuk, is someone who fed each and every Zerim of Klal Yisrael, whether it was through Klach Pesche Chachma, or whether it was through Masil Sisharim, or whether it was through Le Yisharim Tehillah, or the Sefer Haigayun, or the Sefer Amalitza. Each and every Zerim of Klal Yisrael has its Shirish in Ramchal, in Rabbeinu Moshe Chaim Litzato. 
But what the Ramchal does is he takes the writings of the Arizal and he applies them to ways of understanding the governance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Metzias. Now again, it's not the Khalilah say that this is the only true way of understanding the writings of the Arizal, as if the Ari was just a mushal that has to be thrown out, chas v'shalom, to understand the Nimshal, but rather the Ramchal was fully aware and fully believing in, as is explicit in his writings, in the reality of the Torah of the Arizal, as it exists in its writings, as it comes down to us from Rav Chaim Vital, from Mahari Sarug, in the vision that the Arizal was Zoycha to, as Rav Tzadak HaKoyin Meleblin teaches us over and over, that the Kabbalah of the Ari is Mamish a Giloy that the Arizal had, and all we have is the language. The Ramchal comes and applies it in a way that we can now see how these ideas are functional throughout the history of Klai Yisrael, throughout the day-to-day -day experience of a human being's life, and throughout the processes that the world goes through. The Ramchal wrote many, many Svarim in his remarkably short but infinitely long life. He wrote, not infinitely long, but profoundly long. He wrote, or he didn't write it, Talmud Mufik of his compiled Klach Pesrechachma. And we have in our generation one of the leading Tamidim of the Ramchal, which is Rabbi Yosef Biner Shlito, who should live and be well, who did most of the manuscript work for the writings of the Ramchal, along with Rav Chaim Friedlander, the Mashkiach in Panovich, which gave us the, the green books of the Ramchal. Now there's also Mahon Ramchal, Rav Sharki, I believe in Harnof, who gives us the red writings of the Ramchal with different ways and different emphases, but both powerful, powerful editions of the writings themselves. We have the Tikkunim Chadashim. We have a little bit of a beer on the Zohar that the Ramchal began to write. We have Mesil Yisharim, which is a Kabbalistic Sefer, as Rav Yeruchim uh, Levavitz of Mir said that the most Kabbalistic Sefer are the 26 Prakim in the Mesil Sisharim, it was just at a time where the Ramchal was, there was Redifos Acharav, and he wasn't able to speak explicitly in these languages. I saw recently in a commentary on Mesil Sisharim that the Hakdama to Mesil Sisharim is really hinting to this fact, that what the Ramchal is saying there is he's saying, most of the things that you've seen in here, you've already heard from me. But it's important to repeat those things. One of the most fundamental pieces of, of literature, in my humble opinion. But what this Machaber wanted to point out is that what the Ramchal is saying is that, okay, I'm no longer allowed to write Begiloy about Kabbalah, but I'm warning you, everything that you're about to see, you've heard already. There's nothing new in here. Meaning, where have you heard it already? You've heard it in Derech Tvunos, you've heard it in Das Tvunos, you've heard it in Adir Marom, in my parish on the Idra Rabbi, you've heard it in Klach Pesai Chochma, but now I have to reveal it in a different way. And so the Ramchal gives us so, so much, and we drink, we drink, we drink from the, the waters of the Ramchal, we drink from the Esh of the Ramchal, and the Chuka and the Yegiya, and the Yeshuasra, of the, Ramchal. the Ramchal was focused singularly on hope towards Mashiach. The Ramchal had a Talmud who was Ramdu Vali, Rav Moshe David Vali, whose expansive writings we also have through the work of Yosef Spinner Shlita, profound, profound writings based on the Ari in Drash, taking Kabbalah and this world so seriously that everything is screaming Darshani, everything is screaming, interpret me a system of interpretation. So we have so far the first three Roshim that come out of the Yitzchayim Kadisha. We have the Rashash, who's the Pshat. We have the Gra, who is the Remez, we have the Ramchal, who is the Drash. And Remez and Drash are interchangeable from time to time. As we know, the Gra had said about the Ramchal that Mesil Susharm, the first 10 Prakim, is a perfect Sefer, and that had he been alive, he would have walked all the way to the Ramchal. 
But suffice it to say that the Ramchal and the Gra are more makusher together than the others Ramim, and we're going to see how the Rashash and the Balshem Tov are also going to be more makusher. So if we're looking at it as a Yud Kevavke, the the Yud. The, the Yud and the K will be the Baal Shem Tov and the Rashash, and the 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 He and the Vav in the middle are going to be the Gra and the Ramchal. Mamela, there's going to be more of a relationship between the two of them. And finally, when we come to the last river, we come to the Soid of Soid, it's the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, the Torah of the Nachal Nevei Makar Chachma, Rabbi Nachman Ben Fega, the Torah of the Balatanya and his Tamidim, the Torah of the Vitebsker, the Torah of the Vlednikar, the Torah of in spite of the fact that they weren't necessarily rooting themselves in the writings of Kabbalah, more in the Maharal, but explicitly rooted in the writings of the Ari as well. It gives us Ishbitz, it gives us Beis Yaakov, it gives us Said Yisharim. This is the Torah of, it gives us the Kedushas Levi, it gives us the Noyim Melech, it gives us the Helgem Magid, it gives us the Todos, it gives us all of the Tamidim of the Baal Shem Tov, the Helgem Brothers of Melech and Rezusha. It gives us access to the Soid of Soid, and the Soid of for our understanding, which is going to be the hakdama necessary for the next shear that we begin when we really start to enter in, is the application of these ideas in our own lives, how to survive with these ideas, how to allow myself to feel a little bit lighter in this world through the ideas of these tzaddikim. And we have these arboreshim, these four rivers that seem to fragment, but in truth are all leading to the same place as history has proven over and over again. There is no machlokas. There is no machlokas when it comes to the gedoyle hatzaddikim, when it comes to ikare hadas. Now, what does it mean that there's no machlokas? There's one way of looking at saying there's no machlokas because everybody is really just agreeing. That's one level. Then there's the acknowledgement like the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Skulsen and Galenu points out that even even if you want to say there is machlokas, nevertheless, everything is coming to the same place, which is an even bigger chiddush, to find shalom within the machlokas itself, to find the yichud of the Eitz Chaim, specifically by way of the period of the Arboreshim, which comes back with more strength to reveal a deeper level of yichud. Yehei shlama rabba min shmaya, a great peace should descend from on high. Yehei shlama rabba min shmaya, I thought, besiyata deshmaya, that min shmaya, shin mem yud alif, represents this shalom that comes along through the unification of all of the different zramim of the Kabbalah of the Arizal. Shmaya is Roshe Tevos, Shin for Shalom, who's Rav Shalom Sharabi, the Rashash. Mem is Moshe, who's Rav Moshe Chaim Letzato, the Ramchal. The Yud is going to be Yisrael, as Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, and the Aleph is going to be Eliyahu, as in Eliyahu Kramer, the Vilnagon. And Be'ezra Sashem, what we're going to try and show ourselves more and more is that the Kabbalah of the Arizal, as it's refracted through the Tamidim, through Rachu, through Maharisarig, through the Rashash, the Taras Chacham, the Leshem, the Balasulam, through the Arboreshim of the Rashash, the Gra, the Ramchal, and the Balshem Tavakadosh, and our generation specifically, our generation, as we said in the name of the Leshem, is the final frontier of the Giloy of Raze Torah, and the application to our own lived experience is going to be the thing that refines our own experience as well as the reality of the world, Be'ezra Sashem, to allow the, the words of Rashbi to become so clear, Baha'i Safra Yafkin Megalusa, through the words of the Zohar HaKadosh, which is ultimately the Tachlis of all of the writings of the Arizal, is to come back to the Zohar HaKadosh, that Baha'i Safra Yafkin Megalusa, with my book, you're going to be redeemed from exile. And we can look at that in two ways. We can say, by learning Kabbalah, 
Allah enough, Hashem is going to love us and he's going to bring the redemption, or, which is Avada true. Or we can say that Baha'i Safri Afghan Megalusa in the Sefer itself, when you're learning the Sefer, it's a Te'ima of Gan Eden. You're already tasting Gan Eden because the Tzaddikim live in their texts, as the Arizal writes in the Haqdam, the Shem Yichud, before learning that I should have a Hashpa'a of the Nishamas of the Tzaddikim through whom you have revealed your teachings. The whole Indian is about his kashras to Shrina Kadosha, to the Tzaddikim Amitim, to be Zoycha, to an Amuna Shlema, and the Sha'ashuim Pnimim of what these ideas mean, Be'ezrus Hashem. And what we're going to start next week with, Be'ezrus Hashem, is the Heilige Air of Svas. We're going to speak about Svas. We're going to speak about Bina. We're going to speak about what the Arizal is trying to do for us. And that's going to be the third and final introductory shear prior to descending down into the particular sugyas of the Arizal, the Ezra Sash. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.